Hello, everyone. It's time for Jessica and I to discuss the holiday where children go around getting candy from strangers. There are absolutely no legal issues with that at all. So, Jess, <laughs> happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to you, Josh. I like your costume. I like that you're brave enough. You're like, I don't care what history tells me by God. I'm going to dress up as Custer in the Army, and nothing's going to go wrong with that. Just for the record, you know, I got this from the surplus store because that's it's a fun place to go. And there was a guy, real man named Custer, who joined the army. So, and we I, hope he survived. Yeah, you know, it does seem like an odd career choice with that name. Maybe the Navy would have been a safer bet. I just call me old fashioned. Maybe we retired. I thought we retired that that Calvary number for a reason. <laughs> oh, and I'm wearing a red shirt, so I guess we're both defying the odds tonight. We're both ready for Halloween. Bring it on. We're not scared by you, Halloween. Let's do it. <laughs> do it. So, Halloween or All Hallows' Eve. So, funny story. Last year, first year in my new apartment, night before Halloween, so it's one year ago tonight, the fire alarm goes off, and so we all go outside, and I'm talking with the new neighbors who just moved in. And they're from Denmark, and they are super nice and super friendly. We're chatting away. And I ask, so what Halloween plans do you have? And they replied, oh, we don't celebrate Halloween. We're Christian. And I thought, you know, I don't know what life like is in Denmark, but giving kids Snickers bars and Reese's peanut cups does not mean we're holding conference with the devil. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Josh. I make every kid swear an oath to the devil before I give them a chocolate bar. You'd be amazed how many of them do it. <laughs> oh, you Midwest girls. Oh, you, you just look safe. But in reality, nothing but trouble. That is true. You know, it's funny you should say that because jumping right into Halloween legal issues, that actually is a recurrent legal problem that comes up. Um, there will be employees of government agencies who will sue their govern their employer, whatever government agency it be, um, for violations of the Establishment Clause because they argue that by putting up Halloween decorations, the government agency is basically um, celebrating, you know, and identifying itself with a pagan religion, which there is obviously, um, there are people who believe that I used to live in Texas, so I'm actually uh, very familiar with this issue, but it is kind of funny for the rest of us who just view, you know, the witches and goblins and the bats. It's just kind of like me with my skulls and my spiders, just fun Halloween decorations. But that is um, one of the legal issues that comes up all the time. There was a case out of Puerto Rico that I blogged about last Halloween, and the, the Puerto Rican co court went, uh, no, no, this is not a religion. It's cool. It's totally commercial. Let it go. That's and right. That's one of the cases. That's one of the big cases on that issue. So, Which, not that I ever want to fight a, an establishment clause case, because that would not be fun in any day of the week. So... <laughs> But maybe I'm old-fashioned with that lemon test thing, but who knows? <laughs> we had a professor at my law school, University of Texas. Oh, God, and I'm blanking on his name now. He was actually very – he was one of the nationwide experts on those establishment law cases. Um, I actually – I mean – they're very interesting. It's a very specific kind of area of the law, but it is very interesting challenges, um, obviously, in a kind of a constantly moving landscape. But so that was one of the first legal issues that jumped out to me. 
Josh, how about you? What are some of the Halloween legal issues you see? Well, stranger danger always jumps out because we want to urge common sense on Halloween. Want... True, there's a whole bunch of criminal issues that go on, yes. I know. Growing up in the era where we started having the milk cartons with the missing kids, that was a good warning shot of, hey, let's be careful. And sure, I grew up seeing E.T., and we all did go out trick-or-treating in groups, and it was fun and safe. But I think of invitee status, uh, if you're going up to somebody's front yard and then up to the front door and knocking on it. I think that would make you a legal invitee, especially if they have a jack-o'-lantern out and decorations, inviting people to say, I'm participating because I have candy and I'm fun and safe. That's right. It is interesting. There actually, this is non-legal for a moment, but apparently there are all kinds of codes now. I mean, you are right, like on Halloween, if you leave your porch light on or if you turn it off, that means don't bother me kind of thing. I actually just heard on the radio the other day, so don't know if this is true, but that if you put out a teal jack-o'-lantern or something, it's supposed to mean that your candies, any kid who has food allergies should be safe. So I guess no peanuts, no gluten. I don't know if you can give it, I mean, I don't know how you do every food allergy at once, but apparently so for kids with food allergies, look for the teal pumpkin is what I heard on the radio. Are, are they giving out apples or tofu? I mean, that sounds... <laughs> I know. Because I'm like, if you do chocolate, you've got, you know, sugar, you probably like for people with corn allergies. Um, yeah, I know it's a whole thing. But anyway, but legally, that'd be kind of interesting if you put yourself out there as presenting foods without food allergies, and then it turns out that you didn't cover one of the food allergies, would you be liable under that? It's a whole risky thing in my era growing up and not being a parent so i i don't know if you've experienced this with your children but there was always the fear in in the 80s of people putting razors into candy and putting poison into candy so in my childhood there were a lot of dental offices that would x-ray candy for kids and so oh. you, so you get your your bag of swag and then you go to the dentist office the next day and they would x-ray your candy to make sure it was safe. Wow, that must be a California thing. I always heard that with like the apples. So we never got to keep any homemade candy. Um, now what dentists actually do is if you take in your candy to the dentist after Halloween, they'll give you a treat instead because the concern is more cavities and the whole debate over, you know, the Halloween candy and cavities. But no, if it's a wrapped Hershey's bar, I'm popping it in my mouth before the kids even get it. And I'm not worrying about whether there's poison in it or not. Yeah, that's very good to know about you or personality. <laughs> I will take note of that. So we, paramedic mom, we would always inspect it. We were always careful because there was that growing awareness because there were some freaks who did horrible things and started sucking the fun out of it. And yeah. so, which is, which is why you see like church parking lots where they do uh, a trunk and treat. And so going around to the different cars, uh, friends were doing one tomorrow night and he built the Flintstones car and everyone's dressing up as a different character from the Flintstones, which is bloody awesome. So Very cute. So they, the, that, that jumps out as how we've adapted to make things more safe because of you know, tracking liability of like, what house did that candy bar come from? That is true. That is not easy. Absolutely not easy. Well, Josh, see, I live in Wisconsin, and there have never been any weirdos or creeps or serial killers here in Wisconsin, so I'm fine and don't need to worry. Wasn't the BLT killer in Wisconsin? <laughs> I think 
he's actually Kansas, but we have freaking Jeffrey Dahmer here. That's all oh. my Minnesota relatives tell me is that, you know, Wisconsin is full. I think there's actually more than that. Yeah. Who? <laughs> Oh, Ted Bundy was from Wisconsin, too. That's right. Holy cow. So, yeah, for a small, beautiful, wonderful state, we do have our dark side as well. But, uh, it, you know, it, not it, in my neighborhood. <laughs> it came from the lake. So. <laughs> anyway, back to non-criminal legal issues. Um, I was going to say, speaking of houses and invitees and everything, another common legal issue that comes up is people who have haunted houses, and they can either kind of do it personally, or that's become a whole business thing, too. It's kind of crazy how the haunted house thing and the mazes and all that has exploded. But what happens sometimes is you're walking through a haunted corn maze, and Jason jumps out with a chainsaw to scare you. You run away. Um, you fall down. You break a leg, and you sue the corn corn maze saying, hey, I broke a leg because of you guys. The courts in those cases, the ones that I've seen anyway, have been very unsympathetic. They're like, you know what? You knew you were in a corn maze at night in the dark and you wanted to be scared. So really, you assume the risk. We're not feeling, you know, we're not going to take care of you. So you get out of here. But there have been lawsuits like that where people running away from a bad guy in a haunted house, break a nose, break a leg and try to sue. Yeah, assumption of risk has to kick in. And so you went with the intention of being scared. And you got scared, and you ran, and you hurt yourself. Now, one that there was a haunted house that we were invited to that was in LA. And they invited us to the press one. And I just, I, I can't travel to LA at the drop of a hat to go do something that sounds super fun. Sure. But, but You're you, not George Clooney. New, close, new. close, but not quite. Yeah, I'm getting the gray hair, and I <laughs> and I have dated lawyers, so it's it's you know so it's they're, almost they're, the difference is negligible. <laughs> ballpark, ballpark. I'm a close runner up. So, so ladies, there you are. Um, if you lower your standards from George Clooney, you could have me. So, uh, trick or treat, but. So, so this haunted house in LA, it's professionally done and you go through it and you get aerosol rifles and you fight zombies. And okay. So, that is pretty awesome. So, you know, this is the second year being invited. And I just looked at it. like, Oh, I want to go. Cause I mean, I hate zombie movies. I, I'm not absolutely not into that genre at all. Me either. But there's, there's something attractive about, so we suit up. And maybe put on a GoPro camera too, and we're going to go fight zombies. I think I could be down for that. I yeah, totally, that I would think, be pretty awesome. I think I can make that work. So if we're invited next year, I'll make more of an effort to go because uh, that could be a lot of fun. That could be. A lot I of think fun. you need to plan ahead for that. You cannot turn that down three times in a row. No, and but they also included their liability release on the invite, so that was one sure. of those because you are firing the airsoft rifle and you are fighting. <clears throat> zombies so there you are they may eat your brains and you can uh you know sign away your right to sue the owners for that just like zombies candy. Eat brains i don't even know what zombies eat are they the ones who eat the brains old school zombies did they would say brains now with with walking dead you really don't see that other than they'll they'll take a bite out of somebody so yeah they're they've they've been non-discriminatory and just chewing on a foot or an arm mm -hmm. Yeah, again, not my bag. No, very icky. I just, yeah, it's all gross and rotting flesh. I'm like, ugh, yuck, I don't get that at all. Not my thing. I really, I you know I'm not a horror guy. And Me so, either. 
Well, you're not a guy, so that would that would I'm not a horror girl. Then there, let's be specific. I'm not a horror person. Let's not be gender biased when discussing our prejudice against horror movies. <laughs> no, we're being gender specific, so or gender neutral, if you will. But uh, so yeah, so we get candy and zombies and liability releases, and you know, it's fun. It's good, clean fun. So. So how about you? I've talked about a couple of the legal issues I've seen. What uh, Halloween legal issues have you seen out there? Well, I was alerted to it by listening to the Monster Party podcast that our friend Matt Weinhold does with a bunch oh, of yeah. his. And one of them, uh, they talked about uh, Elvira. And so it was, it was one about monster hosts. And so. Giddy up, boom, pop, boom, pop, mom. Oh, sorry, I'm dating myself, but I can't hear that without thinking of the awesome Oak Ridge Boys song. But okay, go ahead. So back in the 70s, early 80s, because I remember them vaguely from my childhood, there was the weekday afternoon movie where they would show a horror movie. Or it might be Saturday night. And there were the hosts who would host mm-hmm. these. Sometimes they were on, in my area, it was Channel 2. Some of the UHF channels have them. And with the explosion of cable, you know, they, they went away. And so because you could do syndicated shows instead. Right. But, but the late night, Saturday night or Friday night, I was too young for it. But, so I didn't watch it then. But there was Elvira who would host a monster show. And there was a lawsuit against her by the lady who played Vampira, if I remember right, was in the 1950s. And so there was a trademark case from Vampira against Elvira. And the claims included wearing similar outfits. uh, Black bloody dresses? Yes. Yes, and so black Bad hair. Black wings, wigs, yeah. all right. So having that look, and Vampira lost. Ah. Um, and it dealt with, and pulling up the case here, and the issue turned on likeness with, with one of the cases, and the defendant's interpretation of the meaning of likeness as it appears in uh, Section uh, 3344 of the Latham Act to meet an actual copy of another's features is also more natural in light of contemporary entertainment industry practices. Under the plaintiff's definition, if a person merely uh, were to wear another's clothes or emulate another's mannerisms, an action would lie under Section 3344 because a likeness was being appropriated. However, such a definition would expand 3344 to freeze all rights to certain props, clothing, or other qualities surrounding a character with the first person to portray a given part. In effect, all subsequent actors would be subject to legal challenge on the grounds that they had copied elements of a character's portrayed by earlier generations of actors. This result would greatly inhibit the development of the established entertainment arts and the freedom of expression. A court, a result the court finds cannot have been intended by the California legislature in drafting this. So that was the California uh, uh, trademark rules. And there was a similar type finding in dealing with uh, the Latham Act as well. So Vampira lost. And there are tons of people who are big Vampira fans. And they had, when she passed, she, there was a big funeral for her. Aww. But there was like a 20-year gap. Yeah. Or maybe yeah, I never heard of Vampira, but I knew Elvira very well. Yeah, one was 50s, golden age of television, maybe early 60s. And one was 
late seventies, early eighties. So you're dealing with different time periods yeah. as well. So trademark issues coming up there. And so that's just one of those sad things that came about. Aww. So. All right. Another kind of copyright infringement uh, case, uh, and my last legal one for the night, not as sad, but very creepy, but kind of coincidental considering, in case you can't tell, this is my Lieutenant Uhura dress. I just don't look as good in it as she did. But um, anyway, there was a lawsuit over Halloween, the scary movie that I have not seen because I don't do scary movies, but the classic 1978 horror movie that apparently it kind of revived the genre. Um, and of course, Mike Myers in it wore a mask. Well, the mask was developed for him by a studio called Don Post Studios, actually based on the form that they had based on the face of William Shatner. It was a Captain Kirk mask form that they used um, to kind of be the base of the Mike Myers mask, which is just really funny and kind of a nice geek tie-in. So anyway, so then um, Don Post, they got paid $150 to make this uh, mask for the movie. The movie was used in the mask. Obviously, it kind of became synonymous with scary Halloween costumes. And they asked for copyright to it, didn't get it, but they just started selling it anyway. But then the movie studio actually licensed the mask to another company. Um, Don Post tried to sue them and ended up losing. The court found that there wasn't a copyright that they could assert. So, um, but it's kind of funny that there was a lawsuit over the Halloween mask. And that is based on William Shatner. So I that was a nice tie-in to Halloween, my costume, and, of course, our uh, geek roots. So fascinating yes isn't it though although again i don't even like to think about that movie because i don't like to think about any of those scary movies i don't do scary halloween by the way i do fun halloween i do like not super cutesy but not no blood no gruesome stuff you know i'm like i'll do some witches some skulls maybe maybe some spiders that's about it for halloween you're not gonna the focus you're not gonna have a bunny having a vivisection you're not gonna go not gonna go dark No, I do not do dark. I do not do scary, both for my kids' sakes and for my sake, quite frankly. Yeah, you don't want them to have therapy because of it. Exactly. It's one of my friends went to law school with her. She's a new discovery uh, guru now. Uh, She put on her Facebook page about a Mary Poppins costume. And uh, it's like, yeah, it's like you, your kids, your husband. Let's get out the musical equipment and start rehearsing because we could go big. We could go bad. Big. Yes, Jim Chimney. Wait, is that right? Is Jim Chimney? That's them, isn't it? Is that Mary Poppins? Jim well, Chimney. Yes, with the with the chimney sweeps. Yes. So. Yes, and of course, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. All right, sorry. Yeah, We're gonna have to do a whole Mary Poppins thing at some point. It is the anniversary, and it's just a spoonful of sugar. Oh. So. And we could talk about Dick Van Dyke's accent, which is apparently ripped apart, but I find it adorable. It's Dick Van Dyke. I mean, seriously. I know. Seriously. Dick Van Dyke. And, and his brother, Jerry, who is even funnier. And the house that was built like a ship. I mean, really, how do we not like that? So with that, we just went down the Disney rabbit holes. <laughs> so everyone, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to all of you. In America, Be safe, eat lots of candy, and then brush your teeth. As a mom, I got to say, brush your teeth before bedtime tomorrow night really, really well. 
and exercise. You know, all that walking around just once <laughs> doesn't cut it. We need to slim America down. We're gonna, we need everyone to have healthy hearts. This is, no, don't give kids lettuce because that's, that's just horrible. That is <gasps> fucking the fun out of it. Don't, don't give apples. Give them Oh, candy. for Halloween. Yes, you're right. Moms can give them lettuce the next day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. Salad diet for three days. That being said, don't suck the fun out of Halloween. Make it a positive memory. And with that, America, stay geeky. Stay geeky, America.